Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hey there, I'm Kyle Trigstad, politics editor for Bloomberg Government. And I'm Greg Giroux, senior elections reporter for Bloomberg Government. Check out our podcast, Down Ballot Counts. Each week, Greg and I will be breaking down all of those down ballot elections that make up the fight for the U.S. Congress. Listen and subscribe to Down Ballot Counts from Bloomberg Government wherever you get your podcasts. Today on Parts Per Billion, we talk about a particular toxic chemical that many of you may be familiar with and why some states are choosing to ban this chemical, but not today and not tomorrow and not for a while. Hello, and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. Today we're talking about PFAS. You know it, I know it, it's a frequent topic here on this podcast. PFAS are a class of chemicals known for their ridiculously strong molecular bonds. That means they're great for smothering fires or applying a nonstick coating to a surface, but it also means it takes forever for them to break down in the environment, which has earned them the nickname Forever Chemicals. Several states have moved to enact bans on the use of PFAS, and notably, one of those states is California. We spoke with Bloomberg Law California correspondent Emily C. Dooley about why the Golden State took this step and why this ban doesn't actually go into effect until near the end of this decade. But first, we asked her to explain exactly what PFAS are. So perfluorinated compounds are like this family of about 5,000 chemicals that are man-made. And they are used because they are stain, water, and grease resistant. So they're popular in like non-stick cooking, in food packaging, in stain-resistant carpeting. And they're also used in firefighting foam to put out like uh, fuel fires. They're very popular because they don't break down in water, but that also means that they're very ubiquitous in water and they're found throughout the country in water supplies. And they've been found in dairy and they've been found in, in other places. So it's, um, it's a chemical that is widely, that is popular, but is also problematic in some ways because exposure can, can cause a number of different issues. It can cause sort of developmental problems in children. It could reduce effect effectiveness of vaccines. It can um, cause, cause maybe uh, increase your likelihood of certain cancers. Uh, but there's, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done on exposure. And with so many thousands of chemicals out there, um, each one has its own peculiarities. Speaking of exposure, uh, it sounds like there's some new data on just how widespread these chemicals are in water in California. You know, we've been reporting on this for several years, and it just amazes me how we still are finding out more information about where it is. Can, can you talk about the latest data that we have now and 
California? Sure. So the state um, at the in 2019 launched kind of a phased in survey of uh, water supply wells and water um, wells near landfills, airports, and other areas to try to get a sense of what exactly kind of was out there and if it could pinpoint any sources to um, PFAS uh, contamination. And so uh, it's been gathering, they've been gathering data for quite some time and now they have sort of a robust set. Uh, and the, the latest information is 60% of the wells that they sampled had some detections of PFAS. Sixty percent. Sixty percent. So more more wells than not have some level of PFAS. Of what was sampled, they didn't sample every well in the state. They did about, I believe, about nine hundred. They looked in what areas that they thought would be vulnerable. So they're trying to get a better picture of where the contamination is and sort of what where to go from there. So that wasn't the only recent news on, on uh, PFAS in California recently. Uh, also, uh, maybe burying the lead here a little bit, uh, the governor just signed a bill that bans the use of this chemical. Um, what? Tell me about this bill and tell me why it made it all the way to the, the governor's desk and got signed. So the... Um... The chemical, the bill that the governor signed is, uh, it bans firefighting foams that contain PFAS. So um, PFAS chemicals are very popular because they can uh, sort of envelop a fire and like cut out the oxygen. And so that's how it puts puts out fuel fires, right? It's not your normal kind of water fires. So the, um, the governor's office um, signed the bill a couple of weeks ago and it basically by 2022, bans the use of this firefighting foam in most cases. There's some um, delays for um, entities that have suppression systems or some kind of containment, and then refineries will uh, will have to comply in about 2028. But it's um, it's sort of firefighters are often, they get a lot of exposure from, from firefighting, right? And this is one of the um, ways that the state is trying to reduce their exposures. To firefighters as well as this um, these contaminants getting into the water supply because the state survey that also found you know PFAS contamination in water wells they found that the highest concentrations of PFAS uh, were at airports you know up to about million parts per trillion which was was higher than than sort of anywhere else so it's a significant contributor to the contamination. We're going to take a quick break now, but when we come back, we'll have more of Emily talking about PFAS in California and other states and about the whole federalism thing here. Stay with us. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. 
Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. I think it's really interesting that they put such a long lead time in the bill, you know, that some people can continue using this through 2028. Um, you know, that tells me that this is going to be a really hard chemical to get out of the the system. Uh, and it's probably because it's so effective. I mean, it's, it's you know, it wouldn't have been invented and wouldn't have been used if it didn't do what it's supposed to do really, really well, right? Well, the bill did not start out with such a lengthy timeline. There was negotiations um, and opposition that needed to be overcome to, to pass the bill. And remember, this is a session that was extremely shortened by the coronavirus pandemic. So very limited number of bills that were not related to the coronavirus pandemic were making it through. And so there was opposition from, you know, oil industry and others because they were concerned because they say that this is the most effective way to fight fires, right? And in some cases, like the um, federal government requires the um, this type of phone to be used at uh, airports. So there was a lot of things that needed to be in uh, put in there to kind of make it uh, so people would vote for it. And in fact, uh, the airports where the federal um, laws say that you have to have PFAS, they're exempt. That's interesting, though. It sounds like this bill really had a, an interesting journey from when it was first proposed to the time when it made it to Governor Newsom's desk, that it, it was, I don't want to say watered down, because I think that's kind of a loaded term, but that it sounds like there were a lot of exemptions put in, there was you know, the timelines were pushed back, uh, is is that the is that the case? Yep, that's sort of how it works with bills here. You know, there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of hearings. There's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of lobbying money. So um, it's not unusual for things to to be uh, maybe minimized. But in truth, it, it's interesting that it passed because sometimes bills with a lot of a uh, lot of opposition they go from declaring something to they get amended to it's only studying something right so this is taking actual action so it's still a significant step though um, perhaps not as quick as originally intended by the author that's a really good point I guess that's kind of a glass half full way of looking at it that the fact that this bill passed at all even though it's going to be such a difficult thing to regulate indicates how strongly people feel about the threat that this chemi these chemicals pose and, you know, the need for government action, right? That, that you know, this bill even went as far as it did. Yeah, you know, PFAS has been sort of on the radar of uh, some politicians and kind of this, the state for a couple of years now. So it's been getting a little bit more attention. But yeah, you know, there were, you know, a lot of legislators can have, you know, dozens of bills going through the system. And this year, some people only had like one or two. So um, it was it was one that made it through. So that's significant. This will be like the year of the surviving bill. Finally, um, you know, unlike uh, the way it usually is, California is not the first state to uh, pass this new regulation. I know you guys pride yourself on, you know, being the sort of laboratory of democracy, but... Uh, not this time. There are actually a couple other states that already have uh, passed PFAS bans. What does that say about the way this chemical is being regulated, that states are doing this on their own? And, you know, this is not a top-down federal uh, push to, to, you know, get this these chemicals out of commerce. 
So several states have taken action in a number of fronts relating to PFAS, not just firefighting foam. Uh, Kentucky, Virginia, Washington State, they all have similar bans about firefighting foam, but other states have set drinking water standards, uh, and they're, they're doing it in the face of, um, in the lack of action from the EPA, and that um, existed prior to this administration. There were um, sort of delays under the Obama administration as well, and so some states are saying, you know, this is a problem. It's showing up. If you're not going to do something, we, ha we have to. I remember I was in New York when they announced that they were going to do stuff with two, um, two PFAS compounds, and it was after Governor Cuomo had sort of pleaded with the EPA to take action because they didn't want to be standing alone. Um, but there are several states out there that have um, maybe gone rogue and are trying to, to get a handle on this because it's, it's a problem that's, that's being found everywhere. When it was first sampled for several years ago, the, the, num the detection level was set high so that there weren't a lot of detections found. And then as people started testing at lower levels, they were finding it more and more places. So it's been an unraveling sort of situation. That's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use a pretty easy handle to remember. It's at environment, just that, at environment. I am at David B. Schultz. If you have any uh, fan mail you'd like to send along, fan tweets, I guess. Today's episode of Parts for Billing was produced by myself and Josh Block. Parts for Billing was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The music for today's episode is A Message by Jazar and Nightwalk by Paolo Conti and Benoit Medrakowski. They were used under Creative Commons license. Thanks, everyone, for listening. The Killers of Berta Caceres had every reason to believe they'd get away with murder. Her work as an environmental activist won her the admiration of celebrities in California, politicians in Washington, and the indigenous communities she worked alongside in Honduras. It also earned her powerful enemies. On a new podcast from Bloomberg Green, Blood River follows a four-year quest to find Berta Caceres' killers. Join journalist Monty Real and the team from Bloomberg Green as they untangle false leads and mishandled evidence, taking listeners deep into a sector of international development that's marked by high-level corruption and rampant violence. Blood River debuts Monday, July 27th on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.